Welcome to Teach Out Loud Podcast, where we highlight all the amazing educators in our state and beyond that are making a difference every day for kids. Teach Out Loud is about bringing your passion and your best self to what you are doing every day. It's trying new things, sharing ideas, and being the best version of you. It's living life to the fullest, growing, and not being afraid to take those risks. Come on this journey with us and Teach Out Loud. I'm Travis Lape. And I'm Lisa Norris. And together we are on a journey to share and highlight amazing things happening in schools today. Welcome to another episode of Teach Out Loud. And Lisa, this is another special guest with us today. I know, right? I'm so excited. Because it came from one of our listeners and even one of our past shows. Yeah. Um, yes. Wanting to share another incredible story with us of, a, of an educator in Alexandria, South Dakota. Yes. And let me, let me introduce her. All right. So her name is Chris Carmati. And she has been teaching for 31 years, which I love. Um, she's been teaching at the Hanson School District in Alexandria, South Dakota. Um, she said, though, she's starting to feel a little old because some of the students she had in her class, um, now she has their students in her class. So I totally get that. I'm totally there with you, Chris. Um, she's taught third and fourth grade. She got her undergrad degree at the Northern State University and got her master's degree from SMSU. Um, it's kind of a fun story. Um, Tammy, who was on Tammy first, who was yep. on our show, um, actually they were roommates back in school, and then she introduced her to Tammy's brother, and then they ended up getting married, and so now they're not only college roommates, but they're also in-laws, which Whoa. is super fun, which is a small <laughs> world. So Chris, welcome to our show today. Hello. Glad to be here. So why don't you start with telling us why you became an educator? What was, what, what is that brought you to teaching? I've always loved kids and I just thought that was the natural route to take. So I can't think of anything I wanted to do other than be a teacher. And often people say, if you could have any other job, what would you want to do? And I just think, I don't know what I do. I just <laughs> want to be in the classroom. I love being with kids and I love teaching and learning right alongside them. Well, then you're definitely in the right place, that's for sure. Hey, Chris, so when you think back to, you know, that early stage of when you decided you wanted to be a teacher, what, were your, what was your perception of a teacher compared to maybe what the reality of it was when you got into your first job? Well, you know, you don't really know when you head off to college what a teacher really is or all the duties that they have. And I think from when I started in the classroom in 1989 to ah. what I'm doing now, it's really changed. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't think everyone in the world, real world, knows what a teacher does during the day. Right. We don't just teach a lesson, correct papers. I mean, we're here bright and early. We are forever changing our lesson plans. We have to meet so many needs of students. Yeah. That's really changed. I think kids have really have a lot of needs let alone meet all our standards and yeah that's on the side note right is meeting yes. your <laughs> yes yes well and i think i think you have a unique perspective i grew up in a small town marion and had a small graduating class of about 23 kids and you know you become a family in the small school settings and so i know before we jumped on the show you were just talking about you know there's a double header basketball game and Staff don't miss basketball games when you're in a small school because that's that's the community. That's what, where you're at. Um, maybe speak to that a little bit as as 
you know, being in a small school, what other commitments on the outside do you, do you feel that you're a part of? You just feel that as a teacher, you need to be there to support your student. You are a community. You want to go and support not only your colleagues that are coaches, but the students because you were their teacher and you want to support them now that they're in high school or um, they also support us too. I, we're doing this big igloo, pro, igloo building project in my room and I just had a senior today come down and bring some egg cartons so they come nice. back and visit you. So you are a family because you see each other in the hallway all the time and they check in on you to see what you're doing in they're elementary school as well as we want to know what they're doing in high school. There's that old adage that once your kids are your kids, you're their kids forever. I mean, I remember telling my first graders, invite me to your wedding someday. And there's seriously our kids who say, Mrs. Norris, you're going to be at my wedding. And they, they <laughs> truly remember that. Yeah. And I think by you going out and supporting or teachers going out and supporting those kids, I think that's that genuine, they really truly know that you care and that you really truly understand them more so than just being in your classroom, wanting them to do well, you know, on their tests and those kind of things. So I'm, I'm so excited though, um, Travis was one of the big people here at our school district to get Makerspace going. Um, Travis, you wanna? Yeah, so Chris, I've, I've heard that you are probably the go-to person there at Hanson of, of, this, of this movement. And so I would be interested to hear a little bit of your perspective of one, what, what sparked you to that, that idea? And then the other side of it is, is what are you doing um, to bring that to your, your students? Uh, I didn't feel that I was a very strong science teacher. So I started thinking, how can I do better being a better science teacher? Because as teachers, we want, always want to improve ourselves. So I started doing STEM challenges with my students. And then my principal had the idea of, how about we start a K-5 STEAM team? Okay. So we have an after-school program that meets twice a month, and it's for grades K-5, and I'm one of the coaches for STEAM team. So then from STEAM team, we talked and he thought about, how about we create a makerspace? And we ended up having a empty classroom. So we went and visited some schools to see what their makerspace looked like, did some research all summer long, collected all kinds of supplies for it. And over the summer, I developed the makerspace room and we switch out activities probably once a month. We have a schedule, pre-K through fifth grade goes once a week and we have either teacher directed activities or the students just come in there and do whatever activity they wanna do as in student choice. And it's one of the favorite things that kids do. That's so cool. And it started with, I was kind of doing all of the activities. He had asked me to kind of spearhead it. Yeah. Right. And then more and more staff now have been seeing the excitement with their kids. And so teachers have been adding activities and that's so wonderful because it's really been a great thing for our students. Can you think of maybe one of the projects that you did with the STEAM um, that was really successful for you or that you thought was really cool? We did a big force in motion um, rotation. So there were so many different activities. They had like a cup stacking with putting index cards between them and then you pull the index cards and the cups just go down in a stack. Sure. 
Um, we did some ramp activities, of course. We did a Plinko board with different sizes and they had to see which one would go fast and how to move the little squidgies we used. And it's quite interesting as a teacher to prepare the activity and see like, how's this gonna work? Yeah. How's this yeah. really gonna work? You put it in there and you have your expectations or thoughts of the teacher and then wow, the kids just go way farther than you expected them to go. We've talked about that on another one of our shows that they always exceed your expectations. I had a Lego club and I would just give them a thing like today we're going to build a ship. And I was picturing in my head these little tiny boats and then they come up with these, you know, intricate ships that could do things and they totally blew my brain away. And these are like little second graders for crying out loud. So I love that you guys are doing STEAM and Makerspace and I think that's a big movement through a lot of the schools right now, don't you, Travis? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what, what I love about your vision and what you've done is you've started it off as a scaffolding, but then give them the opportunity to to explore or to create really organically from what they've got. And I think that's that's key to to any sort of space that you have open ended like that. And one of the things I like about our STEAM team too is we have parent involvement. Okay. We have four coaches, four teacher coaches, but we also get parent involvement to come and help us. And I think that's key in anything you do to see if you can get parents to come and be involved and help help their students and help us as well. Right. They right. Get a picture of what our world is like. What our world is like then. So, Chris, you've kind of talked about, and I mean, you've you've gone down this idea of the makerspace, the steam rooms. Um, what has changed now in 31 years? I know you, you kind of have this idea of now more project-based learning versus textbook learning. Maybe you could talk to our listeners about how you've seen that shift happen and then how your shift as an educator is, has gone. When I first started, it was you did workbook page two and three, or you copied the dittos, you know, our secretary would copy. Whoa, 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 wait a second. <laughs> You just said the ditto machine? Yeah. <laughs> well, Lisa, we talked about this. Travis hates that word because he doesn't understand because he's a baby. That's why. Oh, I was born in 87. I'll find one for you. <laughs> oh, right? This is the second now episode in our in our show that the ditto machine's been brought up, and I still don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I wonder if you could Google it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there you go. I'll find a picture. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. But... You know, it used to just be in writing your lesson plans, you'd say, I'm doing workbook page, and then you would, or the math book page. Now, things have really changed. You want to integrate technology into your lessons. We have our Promethean boards that we do activities on. We are always, um, I like to really give them a hands-on activity when we're doing a math, sure. math activity. We just did, we were doing um, multi-step math problems, but instead of just saying, okay, today we're doing page 42, one through 10, we did an escape room. Oh, cool. I had great success with that. They worked and worked for two hours versus wanting to do their worksheet or their text sure. page. So I just think I, being in this for 31 years, want to push myself 
to be better and the world is changing, teaching needs to change. So you can't just sit back and be textbook driven. You have right. to. And what are our kids on all the time? Their screens, they like animation. We have to, as education ed, educators, figure out how can we keep, keep our classroom alive. And Chris, leading into that, I guess there's something I want to talk about too is that I'm a mentor right now for, for new teachers. I kind of switched roles from being in the classroom to being a mentor. And just to get keep kids and educators, I call them kids because they're all so young, keep them in the profession. Because we notice that right now in times, we've talked about this in another show, Travis, where teachers are maybe in it for two, three years, and then they want to leave because it wasn't what they expected or there's too many things. What is it, Chris, that kept you there? Or what advice would you give to our educators that are younger um, to keep that passion alive, to keep learning on your own? You know, what would you say to them? Each day is a new day. And I think each day is an adventure in the classroom. You might come in and have um, a bad day. Your lesson didn't go as what, it, what you expected or there's student behaviors. But then when you come again, it's changed and you just have to keep improving yourself, take classes, go to workshops, have a good um, rapport with your colleagues to be each other's cheerleaders. For sure. So that you can keep things fresh and alive. My daughter is a teacher in Sioux Falls and she is always saying, mom, I think you should try this in your classroom. Mom, you should do this in your classroom. <laughs> she knows my style of teaching. So that keeps it fresh and alive. Yeah. I, I love really that. Feel after 31 years that I have burnout. No, and I love that your passion must have shown through that your daughter is now, you know, a teacher as well. Um, I think that's awesome. That's amazing. So, Chris, to kind of wrap up our episode, um, thanks so much for sharing kind of your insight. I, I, I always love it when we do see educators stick around as long as you have uh, to mentor, to be a good role model. But that's really why we have the podcast, is to amplify your guys' voices. Because um, Lisa and I started this because not every teacher is going to get the Teacher of the Year Award, or not every teacher is going to get a, a big award that's going to bring to the forefront the great things happening in all of our schools across South Dakota. And so the whole idea of Teach Out Loud is really to amplify your voice. And today you shared with our listeners so many really good things and, and little seeds to plant to, you know, if they, if they're interested in, re, you know, what does a makerspace look like, you know, reaching out to you and, and having you share that experience, I think will be key. But to wrap up our show, what would be your shout out to our listeners um, that are, that, that are checking out that the, the podcast, what would be your shout out to them? Um, I just have this quote that I love that is teaching is a work of heart and that you need to love what you do so that your students love learning. And because uh -huh. teachers love teaching, then students will love what they're doing and they want to come and learn and produce for you and exceed your goals. And your classroom can be an exciting place and a community of learners is growing each day. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. It's a great way to wrap up the show. It's all about connections. It's all about relationships. Uh, and, and what I love is, you know, I, I had a professor share with me, you know, 
in education, you're either ripe and rotting or green and growing. Oh. And Chris, I think you, you're you're green and growing for sure. Thank you. Thirty one <laughs> years into this, and you're you are still looking for that next thing. And I can appreciate that very much as as a young educator. Going, that's in thirty one years. That's what I want to still have is that attitude right. that you have. So thanks so much for being on the show today. We appreciate that, Chris. Thanks for having me. And until next time, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Be part of the community, be part of the solution. And until then, teach out loud.